What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the pod. My name's Ari. Great to be here, as always. Chapter 16 of The Mandalorian, The Rescue, the season finale, directed by Peyton Reed. Wow, what an episode. What a way to finish off the season. Before we break it all down and get into it, spoilers are ahead. If you haven't seen the episode yet, be sure to go watch it and then come back and listen to this once you have. So I'm going to get to Luke. I'm going to get to the post credit scene, but you guys know how this works. I'm going to go from the start, break it all down. But can you believe the episode? We just got Luke Skywalker, post credit scene, Boba Fett show. What is going on? I mean, wow. Okay. But let's start from the start and go through it all because this was fantastic. So we start off with a bit of a chase scene. We've got two TIE pilots who for some reason aren't wearing their helmets and they're escorting Dr. Pershing and they're getting chased by the slave one. So, uh, Din, Kara, all them board the ship. Uh, they just want Dr. Pershing, but then, uh, one of the TIE pilots is willing to just surrender, but the other one is like really loyal to the empire. So the loyal one just shoots the other and puts, uh, Pershing at gunpoint, but then Kara just kills him after he mocks her about Alderaan and all this stuff. So yeah, it gets confirmed that Pershing is a clone engineer. We, we've all sort of known that. Um, if you pay enough attention to the show, you'll, we, we all uh, know about the clone patch that he wears and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, then the title card, The Rescue, pretty self-explanatory, unlike last week's title. But um, yeah, this whole next sequence is awesome. And I think it's sort of going under the radar a bit because of everything that happened. So it's sort of fair enough. But we arrive on a planet, which I don't know what it was, but uh, we're going to pick up Bogatan. Bo won't help because she thinks Moff Gideon is unfindable, which was pretty interesting. I thought that we were going to have that same thing of where Din goes, I need your help. And they're like, oh, I can't help you. But then they go, oh, but then he's like, oh, but they've got my kid or whatever. And then he's like, oh, okay, help. But she just goes, no, I can't help you. Don't know where Moff Gideon is. Um, but yeah, then Boba says, oh, don't need them anyway. And then Bo tells him how, you know, you're not a Mandalorian, all this stuff. You're just a clone. Um, that's not your father's armor. It's, it's your donor's armor. Like a pretty like heavy stuff. I thought this was great. Uh, so once again, is Boba not a Mandalorian? I mean, I think he is. I think that makes sense. Uh, Django was a foundling and, and Boba is his son, even though Bo says that, uh, he's just his donor, but really interesting stuff. I really enjoyed this. So straight from the, um, from the start of this episode, I was really enjoying it. I was really into the story. All this Boba stuff was great, even though we didn't get much later on. Um, you know, Boba calls her like a princess, all this stuff sort of mocking her, which was great. Um, but yeah, uh, Koska Reeves and Bo sort of fight Boba, keep on telling him he's a disgrace to the armor, but then Bo stops it and says, if we had have showed half of that fight to the empire, we, we never would have lost the planet, which is a great point. And probably very true so uh yeah but Bo agrees to help after Din says that he can locate Gideon um in exchange for I wasn't sure if she meant the cruiser or just that little ship that they arrived in I assume the cruiser um but yeah Bo says that uh Gideon must be left to her um because uh, he, he, she doesn't care what happens to him as long as he surrenders to her obviously because she wants the dark saber and that's the only way you can really take possession of it which comes into play later very interestingly so uh yeah the crew creates a plan with the help of pershing and we don't see pershing again for the rest of the episode i wonder where he went was he just uh did he just stay in the slave one with boba or something like i don't know a little bit confused on that but uh i guess he 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 wasn't really needed again so uh it makes sense that he wouldn't have showed up again but anyway um they board Gideon's ship and boba flies away and we don't see him again for the rest of the episode i thought until 
I watched the end of the credits, but we'll get to that later. Anyway, uh, the dark troopers are activated. Din goes in alone to save Grogu while the rest of the team tries to take the ship and find Gideon. Um, but yeah, Din has a fight with the dark trooper and he barely beats it in, in combat. So, uh, we've, we're really being shown that, uh, these dark troopers are pretty powerful. Um, I'm not sure if their armor is made out of Beskar. I'm going to assume no, but, um, it, it looked really strong when it was getting hit and all that. So, uh, not too sure, but I don't think it is. But anyway, he throws the rest out the airlock and, uh, I was watching with my brother and I sort of went, oh, wow, that's it. They're, they're gone. But then he goes, no, they can fly. I was like, oh, okay. They'll definitely come back. And then, but by the time they did come back, I'd sort of forgotten. So I was like, oh no, the dark troopers are back. Um, but anyway, uh, Bo and the others take the bridge, but Gideon isn't there. And then we cut to Din and he finds Grogu finally. But of course, Gideon is with him holding the dark saber over his head. And yeah, Gideon sort of, he says, all I want is the child's blood. So I'm not sure if he actually meant that or this, it was all just a ruse to get Din to turn around. But um, yeah, anyway, he tells Din to take Grogu and leave him. But as soon as Din turns his back, Gideon starts striking him with the dark saber. So the two have a fight, which is just an awesome sequence. It's technically not a lightsaber battle since Din doesn't use one, but I'm just going to count it as one anyway. And it is one of my favorite in Star Wars TV. And there are many good ones. You know, we have Darth Maul, Previsla, Ahsoka Invader, all that. This is was up there with those. Like, it was fantastic. But Din won the fight, which was kind of surprising to me. I didn't expect him to, but I suppose it makes sense because Gideon is the type to sort of get possession of the Darksaber and not really learn how to use it. So that, that at first I was kind of surprised, but then um, I sort of made sense of it. But uh, he leaves him alive, which kind of surprised me. I thought Din would sort of take out his anger on him for taking his kid away, but I'm glad he left him alive because we've done so much sort of teasing with Gideon and really haven't gotten much of him yet. So I'm, I'm hoping next season we get more of him. But yeah, the Darksaber is rightfully Din's now, which is very surprising. Like I did not see this coming, but this is a great way to just continue the story because, um, you know, it's not that interesting Bo trying to take it off Gideon because we're all going for Bo, but now it's like, well, Din has it. We all love Din, but it kind of should be with Bo-Katan, but yeah, it's so much interesting stuff to come here. But um, yeah, Bo just is pretty much refusing to take the Darksaber when Din offers it to her. But I was kind of confused about this because in Rebels, Sabine offers the Darksaber to Bo without her having to fight for it, um, even though uh, Sabine technically did have to kind of fight uh, Gar Saxon for it. Anyway, and but she seemed to just take it then. Maybe there's something we don't know or we're not seeing, and I'm so certain that Filoni would have an explanation for it, but I'm just really curious to find out what it is because we're not sure yet. But um, as they're all sort of talking, the Dark Troopers return and... They approach the bridge and start to sort of punch through the blast doors. And at first, I kind of thought it was a little bit lame how they just started kept punching it. But it was it was really good in terms of building up the anticipation of like, okay, what's going to happen? Obviously, they're not going to just come through and kill all of them. But um, I was I was pretty certain we were going to get a Jedi, and I wasn't sure which which one it would be. But I was like, okay, we're in trouble. A Jedi seems to be coming. And then uh, yeah, the X-wing approaches, and I screamed. I knew it was Luke. It ha- it just had to be. And then we see a figure in black robes fighting with a green lightsaber. So I was like, there's a, the tiniest chance it couldn't be him, but it's just got to be. So uh, yeah, Gideon pulls out a blaster and tries to kill Bo, um, but her best guy seems to save her. I fully thought that she was dead there. For The way she sort of fell, we heard a, a body kind of flop to the ground. I thought she was dead and I was in shock, but 
Turns out she was just fine. And then Gideon aims at Grogu and Badin jumps in front of him and blocks it off with his Beskar. Then he tries to kill himself, but then Kara stops him and sort of arrests him, which is good because I, I want Gideon to stay alive because I think we've got so much left to do with that character. Um, so yeah, hopefully we get more of him next season with him in prison or him escaping or something like that. But yeah, the doors are open and the figure walks in, takes his hood off and it's freaking Luke Skywalker played by Mark Hamill with CGI. And I'll just get this out of the way. People are complaining about how it looks. Honestly, I couldn't care less. Like, I understand how people like, yeah, it looks terrible. It takes me out of it a little bit. That makes sense. For me personally, I really don't care. Like in Rogue One, when Leia and Tarkin were sort of um, looked a bit funny because of the CGI, it it didn't concern me in the slightest. So um, this is just fine. And I sort of wanted Sebastian Stan to be playing Luke, but... Uh, it, I guess if they're only going to use Luke for this scene, it makes sense to not bother cast someone, like recast the character um, and just have Mark Hamill play him because I think uh, Mark Hamill deserves to play Luke anyway. So it didn't look great, but I really didn't care. I was just so happy to have Luke. Um, but yeah, Luke tells Grogu to come with him. But before he does, Din says goodbye. And uh, as he they're saying goodbye, Din takes his helmet off in such a heartwarming moment. The one thing I desperately wanted in this episode, I didn't care how what else was going on. I wanted Din to take the helmet off in front of uh, Grogu, and we got that moment, so I'm I'm so pleased. And uh, I'm hoping this sort of means next season that Din will kind of use his helmet like a normal Mandalorian now, so that we can see more of his face. Just because I like seeing Pedro Pascal. You know, I thought uh, in chapter 15 he did a fantastic job with the helmet off, but yeah, it was, it was just such a wholesome moment. It, um, I it was sort of heartbreaking because it made me really think like, these two characters could never see each other again, and it's become, uh, they've become one of the most iconic duos in all of Star Wars. So, uh, yeah, it's it's staggering stuff. I can't believe it. But anyway, R two appears, which felt a touch over the top to me, but I still loved it. As soon as I heard the little beeps, I was I was all for it, and it sort of um go got Grogu to sort of walk over. He was sort of hesitant, but then as soon as R two came in. Um, it's, that seemed to sort of be the thing that sold Grogu, which was pretty cute. So yeah, then Grogu and Luke walk off as Din starts to tear up. Heartbreaking stuff. I mean, wow, like, I cannot believe it. We got Luke. And, uh, yeah, and then the credits come, but yeah, we got Luke Skywalker and Grogu and Din seem to be separated now, For which I feel like they're never going to be what they were these last two seasons in terms of Din sort of being Grogu's father, which is so sad, you know, but also... um. It makes sense. Like, it really does make sense that Grogu would sort of go off and train to be a Jedi and that it would be Luke. But, you know, I'm going to talk about more of this in the next sort of segment of the podcast in all the what's next sort of stuff. But is Grogu just going to get killed by Kylo Ren now? Is that where we're going? Like, um, I yeah, I don't know what to say. I really don't know what's going to happen. Like, this episode was fantastic, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't have a slight concern of the future um, in terms of just you know what's going to happen with the Mandalorian uh can the show survive without Grogu I'm certain that it can I'm definitely sure that it can but it's just I'm worried that um you know they've they've really taken out sort of the main theme of the show which is sort of like parenting with Din you know that relationship is such a in like important part of the show that draws so many people in so um I'm I'm sure they'll be just fine but I am slightly concerned that it's, the show's just not going to be what it what it has been, so which is fine, you know. Things change, and uh, we'll get something new, which will be great. But 
uh yeah it's gonna be interesting to see where they go but did you think the episode was over because i did too i was scrolling through instagram um but luckily for some reason i left the credits on which i never do so for some reason i just left them on this time um and yeah (laughs) we were in jabba's palace all of a sudden bib fortuna's in charge how did he survive return of the jedi you tell me like i feel like he was on the sail barge i should have gone and checked this before i started recording but i'm sure we'll get all the answers to that um sometime soon but yeah fennec walks in which i'm so glad she survived by the way because I was talking last week about how I was really hoping that Fennec doesn't die because I thought she'd be the most likely and she's become one of my favorite characters. So um, she's alive and looks awesome once again, walking into Jabba's palace, shooting up the place. Um, Biff Fortuna says McClunky, which made me like laugh out loud for for a good while. Um, But yeah, then everyone's dead, but then except for Fortuna and Boba walks in and shoots him and then sits on the throne, which was awesome this is what boba fett's all about um i've loved seeing him be you know the sort of honorable guy that uh you know stays true to his word in the last few episodes but i'm glad we we're sort of getting back to the boba fett of the comics which i which i really do love but um don't get me wrong the last few episodes of boba fett has been fantastic but it looks like we're sort of getting back to the more villainous side of him which is going to be great and we sort of got a, a hint of that with uh the stuff that happened in the bar at the start of the episode with Bo-Katan but um yeah then the book of Boba Fett coming December 2021 I have so many questions so let's talk about what is next what is happening with Mando season three are, are we even getting it like was this the series finale I highly doubt it but I do think there's like a small chance because I feel like is is this Boba Fett series going to be Mando season three? Because in the investors call, Kathleen Kennedy said that the next chapter of the Mandalorian is coming in December, 2021 or whatever. And this is the same time the Boba Fett is a show or whatever is coming. So I'm very concerned that this Boba Fett show is just going to take over the Mandalorian, which I don't want at all. So, um, but best case scenario, uh, we would get both these series airing at the same time as in Mando season three and this Boba Fett show which would be absolutely awesome because um, I think Mando's done a great job at setting up the whole Boba Fett story and he can go off and do his own thing. He doesn't need to be a part of the Mandalorian anymore um, now that he's fulfilled his his promise. And um, and then, yeah, Mando season three can go off and do all the stuff with Mandalore, maybe more stuff with Grogu, I'm not sure anymore, but um, that's sort of the best case scenario that we would have uh, those two shows going at the same time. But... That seems like something that wouldn't happen, but at the same time, who knows anymore? We're getting 10 Star Wars shows at the same time, so I don't know what to expect, but I'm just going to presume that Mando Season 3 is going to continue as planned, and this Boba Fett show is its own thing, just for the sake of talking about the future of Din and all that. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping that Mando Season 3 is all about Din and Bo-Katan reclaiming Mandalore. Hopefully, Sabine is involved too. Um, uh, That's really exactly where I want the story to go, so... Uh, if that's what we get, that would be fantastic. But um, yeah, I'm thinking that there's a small possibility that this could happen. I'm not sure, but I think there's a chance we could get the Boba show and then the Ahsoka show and then Mando season three. And the reason I think we could be doing that is um, so that they can sort of explain what is going on with Sabine, because I think she's really integral to the um, Mandalorian story. So yeah, I don't really want to have to wait that long for season three, but at the same time, I really do think Sabine should be involved. So 
there, yeah, there's a small chance that could happen or we're all just reading much too far into this and Mando season three will go ahead just as planned. But um, yeah, let's move on to Grogu. What is happening with him? Are we done with him? Are we going to see him again? Um, I, I'm certain we'll see him again. I don't know where will we see him in the Bad Batch. Is he going to have his own sort of book, comic show, something like that? Um, or probably what I think is the most likely at this stage, I really don't know, but I think that we're not going to see him again until the series finale. I think the rest of Mando will sort of be about reclaiming Mandalore. It, Bo-Katan will be much more involved. And then at the, in the last episode, once all that sort of stuff is done, um, Din will go and visit Grogu or something like that. But yeah, was this episode, you know, setting up more Luke content in the future? Uh, it's It felt like they're setting up stuff with the Academy or just you know, what his story in between Return of the Jedi and uh, Force Awakens. So, yeah, I mean, it's sort of heartbreaking that the uh, Dean's pretty much had his son taken away from him. But, you know, that's that's how it goes. But, um, yeah, before I go, as I've been doing all season, the overall ratings of the episodes. Um, and I might have to re-rank some of the episodes because, um, I don't know, I, I do it straight after and after I watch them a few more times, my, I sort of change my mind a bit. But, um. This episode is the largest rating I've given an episode yet, and that is a 9.5 out of 10. Not quite 10 out of 10, just because it just wasn't 10 out of 10. I just really don't like giving a, a score that high unless it truly was perfect, which this was great, but I don't. Th- in my books, it wasn't perfect. But um, yeah, it's definitely my favorite or equal favorite episode of the series. The only episodes that could compare are the the Marshall and the Heiress. Um, uh, but uh, this is just my opinion that's why I save it till last because uh people end up just getting mad at me (laughs) but yeah I'm so sad Mando season two is over like what what a journey it's been though the last eight weeks it's been so nice having something to look forward to every Friday and then doing this podcast has been a load of fun so yeah look I just want to say big thank you if you've um if you've listened to one episode two episodes or all of my podcast episodes I really appreciate it this podcast has slowly grown um you know over the last uh, eight weeks, which has been so fun to see. Um, I've had a, a whole load of people be commenting really nice things, um, giving their thoughts, which has been great. And uh, yeah, I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who's tuned in um, and all that sort of stuff and just been generally very supportive. So I uh, couldn't say thank you enough, but now i uh, happy to say that next week I will be doing a full season review, but I won't be by myself i've got a few special guests coming on who i'll probably announce during the week on uh instagram but uh we'll see how we go so we'll lock a few things in in terms of times and all that sort of stuff but uh yeah this season has been incredible i mean who would have thought cob vanth from the books coming back you know uh, we had have a book character go into you know live action like that's just unheard of um boba fett returned for the first time in canon since um you know, uh, 1983. That's just crazy. Bo-Katan made the transition from uh, animation into live action. So did Ahsoka Tano. And then this week, Luke Skywalker. That's just, that's unheard of. <laughs> Who would have thought that was going to happen? And that's just to name a few. But, and those are just cameos. Th- this season has been incredible. The storyline has been fantastic. Grogu and Din are two of the best Star Wars characters. Um, just to be out there, Fennec Shand, I didn't think last season, I really didn't like her that much, but I've honestly love her now, she's one of my favourite Styles characters, probably my favourite bounty hunter 
in all of Star Wars. But yeah, it's been an absolute blast. Thank you to John Favreau, Dave Filoni, all the directors. It's been a fantastic ride. Um, thank you to all of you for listening once again. But yeah, that just about wraps up this week's episode. If you haven't already, please drop a like, comment, rating, or review, depending on how you're listening, and subscribe or follow the channel. Be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Styles Analyst. I'll see you all very soon, probably next week, for a full Mandalorian Season 2 review with a range of special guests. As always, thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. <laughs>